Who you choose to see in this podcast will dictate the lessons you learn. Because the man in this show is both a musician that most of you will know, but also an incredible man. And if you listen from the lens of a musician, you're going to miss the point. But if you listen from the lens of the man, everything will make sense. And this is one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. Deeply moved, deeply touched, and literally a Bible for how to live and operate to achieve your dreams in a creative lens, in a life lens, in an alignment lens. And so without further ado, I won't do this any more justice. So let's get into the incredible episode with Drew, who you might know as Satsang. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George show where I will just lead the horse and say I'm probably going to break down in tears with this one uh, because you come across people in this world that are bright, that are light, that live in integrity, that that trust their heart and really genuinely walk the walk. And I'm honored, quite humbled and excited to have today's guest. Um, I'm not going to try to do this intro justice because I don't have any words, but uh, we have some mutual friends and I've been uh, a very, very big proponent and my life has been saved because of words that this man has created. And so without further ado, Drew, I'd like to welcome you to the show, my friend. And thanks for having me, bro. Thanks yeah, for bro. Having me. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. You, you have that. It feels like when you put words to paper or to music, you're just like tattooing my soul and many, many, many other people. And I, and I love that. And, um, I actually, (laughs) I wanted to ask you because I really, really am curious, like what got you into music, like express, like I'm uber familiar with your story, right? Like I know what you're up to, but like, I look at it and I just see this like magic. Like I just see this like boom, but I know on the byproduct of those songs that you create, like the work that's gone in, but like, what got you into like music expression? Were you always expressing yourself that way? Or was it writing or like, I would love to know. Um, you know, I love music super, super early on. Like my, you know, my first memory of, you know, this memory I've been coming back to a lot recently was, I remember the first time I heard Illmatic by Nas, there was like something about it. And I remember the first time I heard American Beauty by the Grateful Dead, like when I look back at like the good memories of of my childhood, most of them are the first time I heard blank. Yeah. I just love music. I always have. It's just always been my thing. And, um, you know, I started playing guitar when I was like 12, 13 or something like that. And by high school, I was like pretty dead set that that was what I wanted to do. And then you know, like life circumstances happen. And, um, you know, I didn't really have time to be thinking about doing music. I was selling drugs so I could live, you know, I didn't, there wasn't, I didn't have much time. (laughs) Um, or like the bandwidth, you know, I was, I think I was in a, just in a phase for a long time where I just, you know, the big questions weren't really there. Like, you know, what am I here to do? I didn't, I was here, I was there to survive, you know, like as the, there's an old saying, it's like when you have a, rumbling stomach you don't have time to stare at the stars and you know that was it for me and then I took a big trip to Nepal 
um, like 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Okay. Um, and it was a huge trip, man. It was five weeks backpacking. You know, most people will go and they like get to Namche and then they'll pick like a valley that they want to go up. So a lot of people go to Everest base camp or they'll go, uh, to Gokyo. But me and my boy did a huge loop where we went over all of the passes. Um, and when we were on Gokyo pass, it was the halfway point of the trip or Renjo pass rather. And, um, yeah, for for whatever reason, man, I was up there and I was just like, okay, well, once I start walking down, you know, I'm like headed home and what am I going to do? Like, I just spent all of the money, all of my money to do this trip. And it just kind of hit me. It was like, bro, it's music. It's always been music. Mm. Like, I don't know what that means or how we're going to do it, but it's music. So when I got home, I just... You know, I got like a hundred dollar recording set up and I just started playing in bars and I just played and played and played and played and played and just kept going, you know, and here we are 10 plus years later and shit worked out all right. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it ironic how that always happens? Oh man, would you say yeah. that like, was that like kind of like, I have a question kind of about like your spirituality, right? Because like, I, I feel like when I listen to your music, right, I don't hear words. I feel fucking feelings. Like I feel sure. it. Right. And like, I feel the depth. Was that Nepal trip also kind of like a little spiritual journey? Or would you say like you started? It music? wasn't supposed to be. No, no, it wasn't supposed to be, man. I went to Nepal as a climber, you know, like I yeah. strictly went as a climber. Um, you know, I lived in this little mountain town. I just moved um, out of there last spring. But I was there for like 13 years and, you know, I was just a dirtbag, man, like rock climbing and skiing and fishing. That was really all I cared about. You know, I didn't I didn't care about life plans or any of that shit, bro. I just was a dirtbag and I loved it. And um, yeah, man, I hit a lick with this surveying job and made a bunch of money. And the plan was like, OK, I should get a vehicle that's younger than me. <laughs> and I had this opportunity to go to Nepal and was just like, fuck, dude, like. What it really was, was I had seen pictures of this little village called Kenjoma. And there are these boulders just dropped all over this place. And I was like, dude, those have to be climbable. Yep. And then when I got to Kenjoma, they were not at all. The rock was super chossy and shitty. They were overgrown with moss. Um, I didn't feel comfortable cleaning all of them up because I was like, I don't know what protocol is here in the Himalaya. If I can like yeah. start taking wire brushes to rocks. like. So I had a day where I was like... I fucking literally came to the direct other side of the planet to like put first routes on all of these boulders in this village and they're not even climbable, you know? So it was like, from then on out, it was like, okay, well, what is this trip then? If it's not, if it's not that, then what the fuck am I doing here? And then it became a spiritual, you know, it was like the next day it was this super foggy day and we walked every village is the same. There's a monastery, there's a tea house with rooms you can stay in and that's it. And we walked up to the monastery and there was no one there. Um, it was that same evening that I kind of like sat and pouted for six hours about my climbing project being <laughs> null and void. And all of these monks like come out of the monastery and they start going in this room. And then they waved me and my friend Pete in and they shut the door and it was me and Pete and probably 25 monks. And in the middle of the room, they lit this big bulb of um, this big like gold thing with incense in it. Mm -hmm. And then they just started chanting in unison super loud. And it went on for like 30 minutes. And me and Pete just like stood on the wall like, we are not supposed to be here. 
And yeah, the the trip just took a turn after that day. It was just like, you know, the the, the walk was the trip. The trip wasn't about climbing anything. It was like, it was about the walk. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that trip was so weird. It's so weird because it's so pivotal to my story and it seems so long ago. It seems like a lifetime ago. Oh, for sure. And it was what, like 10 years ago? It was like 12 years ago. Yeah. 12 years ago. It's so... It's actually really, really interesting because 12 years ago, I got out of the Marine Corps after 13 years. And now most people ask, I'm like, I was, I was, wait, oh, oh, wow. And like that compression is insane. You know, this, this might, I don't know how to say this, but like I watch a lot. Right. And I know a lot about like you do jujitsu, right? Like the stories Mm -hmm. that you just shared, like you have this like deep profound wisdom that is like underneath a lot of the stuff that like I love hearing but even in that you know when you're talking about that when it came over to like applying it to music right like I don't really know how to ask this question so I'm going to kind of explain it but I kind of want to know like what your relationship is like with like the creative process right because I hear in a lot of what you say like it's the pursuit right if if you're staring at the stars and your stomach is rumbling, right, you're looking in the wrong place, right? And so I imagine that as somebody who's creative and expressive, there's also this like, when do I post it? Is there a line? Am I done? Am I not done? But like, what's your relationship been like that with music? Like, was there like a, I'm just going to go consistently or were there waves? Uh, I used to be real methodical, you know, like I don't really have a say in what I feel like making. That part is always the same. You know, I feel drawn to a certain thing. Um, you know, it depends a lot on what I'm going through in my life because what I'm going through is going to dictate what I'm listening to, what my goals are is going to dictate what I'm listening to. And like I said, man, I have such a deep pool that I'm pulling from musically. Like most people are like, oh, I really love this kind of music. Like, dude, I could teach a class at Harvard about hip hop, but I could also teach a class about the Grateful Dead. I could, you know, I could also teach a fucking class about American folk music. So it's like, you know, the the water's different, but the well's the same. But for me, the creative process, it just happens really fast. And I feel like what's different about the season of my life I'm in now is I made it a disciplined practice. So it's like, I'm finishing like a song or two a day right now, because um, I went and saw Nas in October. Mm -hmm. And it was way more powerful than I thought it would be. I was like, I'm going to Nas and Wu-Tang like this is gonna be fun. I just got goosebumps thinking about Nas and Wu-Tang, bro. (laughs) Yeah, man, I cried a few times. Like, um, a just kind of like realizing, you know, his music was there for me at a really crazy time, you know, like I didn't think any of this shit mattered, man. I felt like, you know, you, I grew up where I didn't know that anybody loved me. I, um, I was on my own, man, like most yeah. of the time yeah. and everything was violent. Everything was hard. Uh, showing emotions was a no go. Um, so I had to feel everything internally and not show it externally. So I held a lot of shit inside and, you know, Nas was really, it was like listening to somebody process for me, you know, like I spent so many times on the train in Chicago, listening to Nas being like, this is the only motherfucker on the planet that understands me. Yep. And, um, to see him as a grown healed adult and to see him as a grown healed adult, like it fucked me up. But anyway, I had this moment where I was watching him and I was like, this motherfucker is great. He's not good. He's the greatest of all time at his craft. And then that night I didn't really sleep, man. I was like laying in my hotel, like, you're pretty good, bro. You're pretty good with a pen. 
but you're not great yet. Like, okay, so what's the path to greatness? How do we get great at jujitsu? Repetition, mm -hmm. repetition. So I just made this agreement with myself. I'm like, from here on out, every morning, doesn't matter where I'm at or what I'm doing, we're writing 36, or 30, you know, like 32 bars to 48 bars a day, mm -hmm. every morning. And then in that practice, bro, the ease that I have when I go to write, like I'm working with like four different producers right now. And I love fucking with them. They'll send me a beat and I send them a finished song like 30 minutes later. I'm like, yeah, bro, this is where I'm at right now. I'm in like my prolific monster era right now. Like if you send me a beat, I'll send that shit back done yep. within the hour. Yep. So it's like what I've really found in this period is that, you know, discipline mixed with creativity. That's a monster, dude. That's yeah. an unbeatable monster. Yeah. And um, a few things just click for me as to why your words resonate so much because what nos was for you you were for me because our lives were the same paths different right same well same childhood same blank and, sure. and i know yeah. some of it and uh for everybody listening i got a little emotional at the beginning and you guys have listened to this podcast for a long time so you know but you remember march of 2020 when i lost everything and i went on a hike well that was after my one of my amazing journeys with mother i had a god and um and there were two songs that I told all of you that when I came back, they're the only ones I listened to for three years. And, and that man is sitting in front of me right now. And those two songs were I Am and I Earned the Right to Listen to Story of You. And so I made a deal with myself until I felt and believed every word of I Am to be true about myself. I couldn't move on to the story of you. And that, that song like tattooed my soul at a way that resonated with me because you did for me what Nas did for you. And I know, and I remember, bro, Drew, like I remember. I used to post up in Mammoth streams. Like just I'd grab your song and I'd sit by the stream and I'd put it on. And I'd get 30 messages. They're like, oh my God, this, like this spoke to me, this spoke to me. And so I'll just say this now, man, because that's a shadow I deal with. Like I cry to God all the time about how I'm not worthy. Why me? I don't know where these words come from. But I'll just say it to you right now, man, like, fucking thank you for trusting your gift, yeah, man. Thanks for, for trusting using your process, it. for walking the walk, bro. Like, it it, it matters because I, I think it's immeasurable to know the ripples that three years of listening to you and Will and a few of our friends, like, did for me. But then I look at, in hindsight, where I've been in the last couple of years and the impact I've had because of it. And, and I, I can't even put words to it. So thank you. Yeah, bro. That means a lot to me. Yeah, that's why I make shit, you know, like, because I don't know, I don't ever know what's going to land. So like, I think that's why it's important to me uh, to be in this hyper productive mode right now, because it's just like, I, yeah. you know, I didn't think shit of I am. I didn't think much of that song at all. Yeah. Like, I put it on the record as like a filler. I was like, wow. yeah, I mean, it's all right. So it's a trip, you know, we just never know what's going to land. All of this shit that I've made that I thought was like the dopest. Um <laughs> You know, like I made this record culture. I love that record, um, by the way. Thanks, man. That was a that was my baby. You know, I put like 40 G's of my own money into that and said no to a couple label deals because I was like, I, A, I didn't really know how that worked, but I just like, I don't want anyone to touch it. This is mine, you know? And I was like so particular about how I wanted the drums to sound, how I wanted guitars. Like I, I was just, you know, when I finished that record, I was like, this is a fucking masterpiece. Like, I cannot wait until this is out in the world. I thought it was going to be the like thing that like broke me in, you know, and it's still our lowest streaming record, you know? So it's like, it's such a trip. We don't, 
you know, we don't know, but I, I still look at that. Um, you know, that's a lesson to me that it's like, well, if, if I relinquish expectation and I just take on my role as a creator, then it doesn't matter. Cause at the end of the day, I'm not creating for anybody else. It's just me processing my shit. And, the where it becomes magic is when other people attach to it. Yeah. But like, otherwise it's just like, for me, like I have to create or I'll fucking explode. So it's like, if I, I have to do it anyway, I might as well share it. The wisdom in that, like I, for everybody listening, if you rewind that for 15 seconds, there's a fortune cookie of a billion dollar life advice sitting in the middle of it. Like right there when it comes to the creative process, because like we have entrepreneurs that listen to us, right? And we got stuck for what do I post in the video? Three weeks later, there's still no video. There's still no video. I'm like, hey, when the phone rings, you either answer it or the idea goes somewhere else, right? Like you got to pick up that call. But I have a question for you about this because you you talk about like, you know, your, your downloads, your clarity, like this fire inside of you that comes up, right? I have that. I've had that. But it, I, I feel like I'm learning how to trust it now at 40, like to, to mm -hmm. not question it, to just be like, Okay, cool. This is this is the path. Is that something that like you've transitioned and navigated into now with like discipline being here, or is that something you still wrestle with, or is you just like this is for me? I'm posting this. I'm documenting this. Go, bro. I just don't give a fuck about yes. what anybody has to say about what I'm doing. Yes. You know, and I, um, for a long time, I just didn't give a fuck about making content. I was just like, I don't care, man. Like, I'm gonna make a record, and you can listen to the record. Um. <laughs> You know, really the shit that I've been putting out recently, my boy Brady, my best friend, he was like, I took him to Australia with me when I toured down there. I just took him as my guy. And, uh, you know, every morning, he it was like the third morning. He's like, what are you writing every morning? What are you doing? And I told him. And I spit one of them for him. He's like, bro, record this shit and share it with your fans. Like, they would love this. Like, they just, they want to know you. And like, yep. what better way to know you than just hear what you're writing every morning? So like... Um, I think a lot of that, that, uh, tentativeness that people have to not share is, is the fear of judgment. And it's like, man, once you realize that the type of person that's going to talk shit to you is the type of person that's not doing shit. It's like, if you got time to talk shit, like I see shit I don't like all the time, bro. Yeah. I like every day, all day, yep. I would never take three seconds of my time to type out. This is whack. Yep. I might want to, but I'm like, nah, man, I'm not even trying to put that shit in the universe. That's not the energy I'm trying to bring. So nope. it's like anybody that is, they don't fucking matter anyway. Anybody that would tell you what you're doing is whack fucking sucks. Like yep. that's a whack person. So it's like you really got to do away with that shit. And it's like, you know, the people that know you know your heart. That Those are the only people that matter any damn way. So, yeah, that you just can't be scared of what people think, man. That's like. I don't give a fuck if it's business or art or whatever. Like that's step one, man. Yep. You got to not give a fuck what anybody has to say about you. Mm -hmm. If you know you're a good person, you know, like that's it. I feel bulletproof in that. Like I know what my goals are. I know the type of dude I am and I know my heart. And I also know that anybody talking shit ain't going to say a fucking word when I walk in the room. Nope. So, <laughs> you know, so like it, unless you want to run it. I don't give a fuck what you have to say. If you want to run it, we can run it too. Like, I don't want a problem, but if you got a problem, no problem. I'm cool. So like, but none of them will, none of them do. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I just, whatever you're doing, man, you have to let go of that immediately. 
Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Like you hear you say that and you're like, oh, it was NOS. My first ever concert was DMX, the Rough Riders tour. Oh, hell like yeah, bro. 14. And bro, Drew, hell you'll yeah. appreciate this. I was on crutches at like 14, 15 and I went with some friends and I was maybe like 30th row. But I remember I put my crutches up in an X and he yes, called it out. bro. And I was like, yes. First, I'm 15 at a DMX concert in Providence, Rhode Island. Like, I, what am I doing right now in, like, 1999 or 1998? How did I get here? But, like, bro, like, I puffed him on the other day. And as much as, like, I wouldn't speak those lyrics into the world today, that shit carried me. Like, oh, I yeah. remember viscerally, like, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. Oh, yeah. Man, like, he went hard. Ooh. He went hard. He was a dude that he was, you know, the reason that that's what made him magic, bro. He didn't give a shit nope. about anybody, dude. He was my doing his thing, barking like a guy, like a damn dog. <laughs> you know, he didn't My care. favorite is that interview with Jay-Z talking about when he's like, I had him open and I was like, how am I going to go up? He barked and the whole place was game over. But it's everything yep. that you're talking about, right? That was his truth. Like he was straight yep. with God. Like he was like, this yep. is who I am. This is what I stand for. Boom. But I also feel like, and I don't, I don't know, I would be interested to ask you this, but I also feel like it's a muscle, right? Like it, it mm -hmm. atrophies if you don't use it. Right. And like, we just yeah, fall into this prison. Yeah. And I think a lot of artists too, one thing that I will never do, man, like, <laughs> again, I would never take the time to write this is whack, but man, there's so many successful bands that have made the same record six times. Yeah. And like, if you take exploration out of art, man, what the fuck are we doing? You know, where it's like, yeah. I think a lot of people find a formula and they go, well, this generates money or whatever. This works. Okay, so I'm going to stick to this. And man, I will be goddamned if I give you all the same record twice. I just, <laughs> no way, dude. Like, you know, I might go through a phase where it's like, like this thing I'm working on now, is there's going to be five pieces to it, but it's intentional. And it's like, yeah, just I, I think I think you have to stay curious. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be wondering what's inside of us. And once you touch something that feels beautiful, then comes the discipline and then being like, OK, cool. Now that I've touched this, I'm going to dig all around it and excavate this entire thing, you know. Like, well, and I think that's a. I was going to ask you about this, right? So, like, you, you, you're obviously in a creative process. You, you're, you trust it now, like you live in it, right? But also, like, something a, a coach said to me a long time ago before I published my book. He's like, "This is what you don't understand. The only book or song that's ever finished is the one that you have published on." Mm -hmm. He's like, "Cause they're never done, right?" And so, what is your relationship been like with that? Have you? shifted that over the years or this point where you're like oh it's got to look a certain way like culture and now you're like fuck it and that like transitioned over time yeah i think that's what cult that's what culture taught me mm. i think that's why i had to go through that process um is that you know that perfectionism it's not my friend i think for a lot of artists i think there's certain people out there there's like the jacob colliers and these super deep kind of like music nerdy type people that that's their thing. You know, like if you listen to like a Wolfpack, it's like that shit's going to be flawless. There will be no mistakes. There will be no finger slips on the fretboard. Like yeah. that shit's going to be flawless. And there's a place for that. And that's beautiful too. Um, that's not for me. And I think that was what I learned in that process. And like right now, bro, I like, you know, I, have, I'm, I had to pick like, hey, we need art for this tour announced for the spring. I was like, 
there's a song that we just got mixed and mastered called reinstated okay i was like put like the dictionary definition for reinstated up there and then like fuck up a picture of me like make it like a negative image and put it on and my manager sent it to me he's like it's kind of ugly i'm like cool put the tour dates on it i love it bro like, i don't give a fuck man like i'm coming <laughs> what the fuck does it matter what the poster looks like bro like i'm coming you know what my name is like I don't care about that shit anymore. Like I don't, I don't have time for it. Like my goal is to create. So it's like anything that gets in the way of that. And sometimes I'll have fun with it. I really love design and merch. That's yeah. really create. I love clothes. So it's like, that's a creative part of the process for me. But like, yeah, so much of it is just like background noise to me. I'm like, this isn't the meat. Like these are the bones and the skin. I want the meat. Well, I think like I, I, and for everybody listening, like we've talked about this so many times, but even in analogies, right? Like I hate that the Jack of all trades quote has been butchered and fucking destroyed over the years because they leave the last line off because it also yeah. says is oftentimes better than a master of one. And like, yes. I look at you and even myself and like, I've been on like 10,000 podcasts. I've made like 20,000 videos at this point since like 2009. Right. And it's like, but now when somebody comes to me like, I need a video, I'm like, boom, boom, nope, nope, yep, 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 right? Like, it's like, it's like when the ingredient pops up, it's like, I know what's in my kitchen. I know where it's aligned. I know where it fits, right? And I was like, but I feel like people keep themselves in prison because like, oh, there's a piece of clarity. I need the next 20 steps. They never take any and they don't realize they don't like what it tastes like walking down that way, mm -hmm. right? Because I think from the outside, what I also see is you're like, you're like, I'm taking that idea. I'm taking that. I'm diving into that one. That one doesn't feel right. All right, I'll bite that one. Oh, now I know. Culture, I know. You're like, oh, this feels good, right? Is that kind of how you operate now? Yeah, and I trust myself now. You know, Fuck like yes. I have such, I have such impeccable taste in music, man. Like, I'm down to admit a lot of faults, man. But I have better taste in music than 99.9% .9 of the population. And I had to teach myself to trust myself that it's like, bro, if I think something's dope, it's because it's fucking dope like mm -hmm. that's it and i'm super self-critical so if i listen to something i made and i think it's dope it's probably super fucking dope you know and like if i like it that's it that's all i care about it's like i i trust that m my taste you know will <laughs> if i like it other people are gonna like it because there's other people that like the same shit as me yeah um and if not that's cool too we'll try again you know, I'll just keep cranking shit out. We'll try again. Dude, I love I love that. Like uh, the the amount of pieces and like for everybody listening, just go re-listen to this and just make like 40 fortune cookies and listen to them for the rest of your lives. Because if, <laughs> if you're not catching the fact that creation, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a musician, whether you're an athlete, like a craft, it's not something that comes by default. You go to the gym to train. You have a gift. You get to train that gift. But like I think about all the times like I dropped the weight or even this morning, I was like, I'm tired. I'm done. Right. Like, but I'm going to go back tomorrow, but you still make progress and you still have to flex it. And so I just like the amount of wisdom that like oozes through, but like the parallels between every ounce of creation are huge. And I love them. And it's funny. I wanted to share this with you. I don't have, I, I, maybe I would, I'd love to ask you actually like dream collabs, but this is going to sound really hilarious. There's two for me that I have for you. And I don't know if they'll ever happen. Harry Mack is one. I just want Harry Mack to rip a freestyle based off your vibe because he's all positive, all good. He just goes. And then uh, I want you to do a drum track with L. Estepirio Sibiriano. And I don't know I will, either of those two people. I will, I will, send, them, I will send them to you. Um, cool. L. Estepiriano Sibiriano is, if you go to his YouTube, every comment is there's no better drummer in the world. 
Um, but he reminds me a lot of you because he didn't wasn't good at drumming. And he's like, this is not skill. This is practice. And he's mm-hmm. just this humble, humble dude. But when you think about that, like obviously like Nas and, and things like that. But like, are there any like if you could go back in history and bring anybody back alive, like who would you want to collaborate with and make a song with? Oh, man, there's a few. Um, or name a few. Yeah. You know, Bob. Yeah. Bob was just so pivotal for, for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it really. I think it was pivotal for me because I the same way I felt understood by Nas, I felt understood by. Bob, you know, of poverty and the hardships of life. Mm-hmm. But there was such a beautiful take on it. It was like, but we soldier on, you know, there was always this positive spin of like, well, God's got us, Yeah. you know, blessed are the meek. Um, yeah, man, that would, that would be a dream collab. Um, yeah, I mean, Nas, that's crazy, you know, that's crazy. And, and, and for the same reason, you know, but Nas was like, you know, life's a bitch. Like I remember listening to that song <laughs> and just being like, yeah, man, that really is how it be, <laughs> you know, like that really is it. Um, and now but what? his, his whole discography and as he's gotten older too, you know, I don't know if you've kept up on him, but mm-hmm. he dropped six albums in two years. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? If 50 years old, <laughs> yeah. you know, just unbelievable, unbelievable monster. Um, but I think those those two, you know, and then I think of like, man, people that I would just like to sit in a room with and watch, mm. you know, like to be a fly on the wall and watch Stevie Stevie Wonder make a track from scratch oh. would be pretty amazing. I got goosebumps when you said that, and I'm not even a musician. Yeah, he is a wild guy, man, you know, just playing everything and writing everybody's parts and some mad scientist. Yeah, that feels like you. Just mm. you came, you kind came, of, yeah. You just you came up, you came up through the uh, the Bronx version, and he came up through the other side. I prefer your flavor, <laughs> through like, the Motown version. Yeah, yeah. I, pr- I prefer the Goodwill Hunting, the 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 kind of that flavor. That's my flavor of yeah. like the little rascal of like, oh, I fucking got you. We're coming from the dark, but we're going. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, man. And that's really the purpose of everything I write. You know, I did an interview last night, and that's sort of you know they're like, what is the overall overarching message? That it's like that we're going to be all right and um, that our past doesn't dictate our future. It's like at any point in time, we can decide which way we want to go. And then the way is to go that way. And I want to make the soundtrack for going that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I absolutely, I absolutely love that. So I have a question. You said something earlier and it's been tickling me. You said I'm hyper self-critical, right? So like you're super obviously knowledgeable. Like I would assume that the paradox of music in your brain probably can feel like the biggest trap at the same time with that lens of like self-critical so like how do you process that like is that something that you now use as like a creative process like well yeah i'm an athlete right of course i should critique this or is that something that's now new but used to be a whole lot of like self-sabotage or anything like that or has it always been kind of healthy i think it's always been healthy for me i love um and i think recently i've gotten good at Man, I love myself right now. Yeah. Um, Felt. You know, and I've never really had that. I've had like sprinkles of it, but I'm really in a magical era right now. So now it looks less like, okay, let's tear this thing down and rebuild. Now it's more like, bro, that verse was fucking ridiculous. But 
when you came in here, you missed it by like a half a step. You know you can do it better. Yeah. Like, let's just do it again. Mm-hmm. The verse is, you know, what you did is fucking magic. But let's put that, let's do a, put a little extra effort in. Like, you know you can do it better than you just did it, so let's do it better. Um, you know, where it used to be like, bro, the whole recording, recording process used to be, um, cause it's weird, you know, when you build a song piece by piece and then it goes to mixing and usually the first mix you get sounds like shit and you're like, Oh my God, it's never going to sound how I want it to sound. It's kind of stressful. Yeah. And then it always, you know, I think it just comes with time mm-hmm. and experience of just being like, no man, every time, you know, we get the mix right and then we master it and then it sounds exactly how you wanted it to sound. So I don't get stressed out anymore. I used to, I mean, all the way up through all right now. I would get oh, wow. so stressed. I'd like hear a mix and be like, no, man, that's fucking not it. I'd be like, yeah, but that's why we mix it. Then you send back notes and then they fix it. Then you send back a couple more notes and, then, you know, and trust in that process where it used to just stress me the fuck out, you know? And yeah, <laughs> yeah it just comes with experience. It's like anything. And I, I think a big thing for me, like, and no matter what you're doing, man, you got to get off the fucking fence. It's yes. like, you, you can't sit there and, you know, and, and always wait for the perfect time. It's just like, man, you got to get out there and take a damn chance. And if you lose, then take notes. Like there really is no losses. They're just lessons. And I think that's the biggest thing fighting taught me. Yeah. Cause it's just like, you know, if you get got, it's okay, man. It's not the end of the world. We'll take notes. We'll fix the, the thing that got you got and we'll, and we'll go run it again. It's fine. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's so interesting, the parallels, but I always think it's funny about any creative process where, like, we'll go to the gym, we'll go to this place, we'll go stretch this rep, and then when it comes to ourselves and we look in the mirror, we're like, I wonder why it atrophies every day. And, like, yep. I, I hear I hear you speak, and I look back on paper, and I'm like, how the fuck did I end up here? How did I go from food blogger, Marine, New York Times bestseller, marketing consultant, blah, 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 like, but it's really like, I don't like what that tastes. I'll, I like that. Let me get more up. I don't like that flavor anymore. I'm changing cuisines, but just constantly being in that. Like, I, I absolutely love that. I'm for everybody listening to this right now. You know, I've only had a few musicians on. I had our dear friend, Will, who Drew knows. And uh, if you haven't caught every single life lesson, business lesson, creative lesson, unattached to the outcome, completely lacking expectations, belief in myself, my inputs matter rather than the results. Like go take another gander and take a listen because it doesn't matter if it's music. It doesn't matter if it's a video. It doesn't matter if it's a podcast, right? Like truth be told until it lives in the world, you don't know. And if you never yeah, get and a you chance, gotta, it's prison. Yeah, man. And God bless you for following your heart. I've met so many people, um, in my life that, you know, oh, I was a fucking heart surgeon. I was making this amount of money, but I hated my job. I hated my schedule. And now I do this and I absolutely love my life. I'm like fucking God bless you for jumping off yeah. the cliff, bro. Yeah. You know, like so many people could be, we forget, man, we forget we're going to die and we yep. think we have time and you don't know that shit for sure. You do not know how much time you got. Nope. And it's easy to get stuck in this thing of like, uh, maybe next year, maybe next year, maybe next year. It's like, you don't know if you got next year, motherfucker. You better move. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, you know, me and my boy Brady, we always will. We have two things we text to each other all the time. We'll text the term. We'll just say 100%, which means 100% of your energy on things you can control. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to be giving your attention to anything out of your control. And the other one is what till then? 
you know, you're going to die, homie. What till then? What do you want your life to look like till then? And for me, I just trust God, man. I trust that that if I do something and it falls on its face, whatever, that was that was because God was like, that wasn't for you, but I wanted to let you to try it. You know, I wanted to let you find out for yourself. But again, that's not a loss, man. That's a lesson. It's like, okay, cool. Well, that wasn't it. Back to the drawing board. It's like, that's that's fine. That's beautiful. That's what we're here to do, you know? Bro, I was in that this weekend. I literally went up with Matt Vincent, Matty Forberg. We got entrepreneurs doing, uh, we were doing exposure for entrepreneurs in Montana. So like cold hike, ice, sauna, breath. You're not here for the secrets. You're here for you, right? Like we got to, yeah. and I'm like, you know, at the end, the coaches are debriefing and they're like, what's your takeaway? I was like, the only way, the only reason I serve is to get fucking served. And I got in the car yeah. yesterday, dude, and I drove back from Helena and there was a snowstorm. So by Sealy Lake, I had to go like 20 miles an hour. I bawled for three and a half hours, like at the, at the knees of God, like what's going on, what's going on. Then it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, I was just in this intimate retreat with people. This is my home. Why are my events looking like this? Why are we doing swag bags? Fuck all this. No back to four walls and feelings. I called my CEO yeah. and I'm like, no, I'm home. I want my fucking home. I want people. I don't care about swag bags. I don't care about this shit. I don't care about hotel. Like we got to do the work. And it's like, I think about moments like that 10 years ago, I'd stay stuck on those decisions for six months, nine months. Yeah. And I wondered why I lived in prison or everything like went away. And I felt like, and I don't know if you related to this, but with my childhood, I felt like I lived in prison. Like I felt yeah, like somebody 100%. else put a fucking shackles around me and, and locked the key. And so then any moment in my life where that happens again, I'm like, no, this is my world. This is mine. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mine and God's I create it and unlock it. And so I, I feel like now I'm like so afraid of like rigidity and the mundane and the monotony because I feel dead. Like I feel dead. Like I'll wake up this morning. I do my steps and I get this idea. If I don't post that, I feel like I'm in prison all day. Like if I don't write it down, it, it, it rapes at me like my brain. It takes over everything that I have in there and like it all consumes me. And it feels like prison. And so like even hearing you speak, I'm like, thanks for the reminder. Thanks for the reminder. Thanks for the reminder. Like, thanks for the reminder. It's it's powerful. Yeah. And I think there's a blessing too. You know, I look at my life and I'm I'm going through this weird like second wave of processing of my childhood. I I did a bunch of work, man. Uh a bunch of work. I used to be a really different person five years ago. And I've done a bunch of work to get where I'm at now. And I think it's because I know that motherfucker's going to be dead soon. He just had a stroke. And so it's like, I'm kind of like processing what that's going to feel like to me. You know, it's like, and I'm thinking a lot of like, do I even want to go to his funeral? If I do, what do I say? If I go, I have to be honest. Um, you know, and there's there's still pieces, there's still pieces of it that I carry with me, you know, like how I move around a room, you know, like where I feel comfortable, where I don't feel comfortable. I just always, um, you know, I just, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going through this like second wave of, um, of trying to understand it. Um, and maybe there's nothing to understand. That's the thing I keep coming back to, too. It's like, maybe the world's just chaos, man. And it wasn't preparation. It wasn't for you it wasn't to you it wasn't anything it was just chaos and you know the genetic dice roll came out that this is the family you were born into and that was what you had to go through and you fucking made it bro you made it you didn't go to prison you didn't fucking kill nobody so you're winning um Mm -hmm. but 
yeah and it's a weird thing too you know that feeling that you're talking about it's like um you know i popped off a few times and it's hurt me professionally i just like you know i think i get viewed especially because of everyone sees what i do in my free time you know i'm mm -hmm. a, i'm an mma coach i'm training all the time and people think i'm a violent person i'm not a violent person i just like you're not going to make me feel small man and it, and you're not going to intimidate me and if i find out you're trying to make my life harder than it's already been mm -hmm. then, then i'm for sure going to see you about it man i'm not going to send a fucking email i'll see you and when i see you we'll we'll chop it up and again we'll it's handle like it. Yeah, what do you want to do? You don't want to do shit. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's not me being aggressive. I just am like, it's my life's standards. been so, yeah, man. It's just like, fuck, man. My life's been so hard. Like the shit that I've been through, most human beings couldn't process. You'd be fucking nope. sitting in an eternal cold shower somewhere. So yeah. why the fuck you want to fuck with me, bro? My life's been hard. Why would you want to make it harder? Yeah. So I'm like trying to process a, a lot of that right now. Um you know, and, and creation helps me do that. I think like staying super creative helps me do that. Um, and ultimately, I think the most powerful thing is like, I love myself right now. I love who I am. And I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't go through the things I went through. So it's like, so do I hate the way that I grew up? You know, do I have resentment towards the way I grew up? I don't think so, because I don't know who I'd be if I hadn't had my life play out exactly like it did. And I fucking love me. So me too. Me too. <laughs> it's all I like, divine timing, you know, it, it is like, and, and the, the timing of this, like, you know, even me and my ex getting divorced last year, like I was up and down weight, professional athlete, boom, boom, boom. But it was never for anybody else. I fucking fell in love with myself this year. And now I accidentally have a six pack at 40. And I was like, Oh, I was like, it's not what I do. It's what I believe to be true. And like, you know, I, I, I want to speak to the standards thing too, because you can call it whatever you want if you're listening to this, but if you ever allow anybody's outside influence to change what happens on the inside of you, that's the devil. Because they didn't change. Yeah. You did. And when you do, yeah. you lose and you didn't even drink the poison. And so call it standards, call it boundaries, call it self-protection, call it alignment, call it protecting what matters. Like you don't know anybody anything, but like it's your world, it's your life. And you are what you tolerate not what you do you are what you tolerate yeah you can... teach people how to treat you too you yep. know like i don't need anybody to show me who they are more than once <laughs> like i'm i have a small circle man yep. and it's because people these people have proven time and time again who they are and um that's the standard you know my friend garage is pretty full it's a small crew but it's like I got a gang of 3 a.m. friends, man. I kind of, you know, a couple years ago, I had a fuck ton of acquaintances, a lot of famous people and mm -hmm. yada fucking yada, but they were all acquaintances. And it was like, as soon as some shit hit the fan and I was going through a dark season, they all ghosted me. So it's like, <laughs> and, and people got to do what they got to do, but like, you're, you're not, you're not allowed back in. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed back in. If I see you, we're good. What's up? hope you're good but like you're not you're not allowed in and because for me to let you back in says hey this is what i'll tolerate yep you can show me off to all your friends and we can make our relationship super public you know so it's so cool that you and i know each other 
but as soon as some shit hits the fan, you're going to roll on me? Like, fuck all that, bro. Yeah, you ain't allowed back in my house. Oh, I feel like we might have been separated at birth. You did it in music, and I did it in entrepreneurship, and now I'm like, all gone. Like, li- dude, my breakthrough this year is like when all business started changing. Like, we redid everything this year in alignment, and I literally, and this might sound crazy, but the only distinction between the people that stayed and the businesses that didn't is the clients that are gone. I, I didn't, they didn't feel comfortable with me telling them I love them. Yeah, and the that's ones weird. That, and the ones that are here do. And I'm like, no, no, my heart's in the middle of all of this. You don't grow up in a life like we live and think that you can live any other way. Like we have to live with our heart open to feel these feelings. But like also what I know about you is when you say you're fucking in, you're in at a level that most people don't fucking understand. Yeah, no, if I'm in, you can call me at 2 a.m., bro. We'd go see somebody. Exactly. Like if I tell you, if you're my boy, dude, you're my boy. So it's I like, tell everybody, like, I'm like, the only way I can tell it to you is like, I'm in the, I was in the Marine Corps. I was like, we hated each other. But the moment shit hit the fan, like, we didn't have yep. to blink. I knew. I knew he had my back. Like, that, that's it. And I find, like, people that come on this side have the biggest capacity that, but also have to protect the boundaries the most because it's raw and it's real. Well, it's the same thing, you know, like using that analogy, it's like, would you want somebody two toes down behind you watching your fucking back? It's like, no, bro, you need somebody 10 toes down. That's like, no, I got you. And you can trust that if I can't, yeah, if we're going into a firefight and I'm kind of questioning if, you know, I don't know, man, it's Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to fuck up in the firefight because I'm going to be thinking about your dumb ass. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's so serendipitous you said that i did a podcast like six weeks ago in the 3 a.m friends and i was like no no you need you need like three 3 a.m friends you don't need you don't need a ton of like 5 p.m friends i was like oh yeah you yep. need something and then at 6 30 you send it and it's like oh, i gotta wait till tomorrow like that ain't a friend bro like when, yep. you're, when you're in the shit and you're like i got you i'm like no it's not convenience man it's life and by the way i ain't got till 6 p.m i don't know if i'm gonna be here tomorrow yep Right. This is just robbing me of my presence right now. I need somebody to pattern interrupt me, get me back on the field and be like, bro, a hundred percent. What are you doing right now? Like, that's yep. the game, bro. Like, I, I love it, man. I, and the circle, the way that you speak about it, like everything at all. I'm actually selfishly really grateful for this conversation because it collapses. Yeah. Same, bro. Same. A, lo- a lot of things. And I was like, God, the level of respect I have for you now is like through the fucking roof, but not because of the music you make because of the man that you are. Um, Thank you, bro. There was one last thing that I wanted to say, um, and I'm I'm just innately curious because you have kids and I have kids, right? And uh, I've realized that I'm going through these reparenting cycles now because my son is seven and I'm like, oh, there's that age. Oh, there's mm-hmm. that memory up oh, there. And it's like infusing itself in my words and it's into my content. Are you feeling that as well? Is that what's coming up? Uh, a little bit, man. I actually, it's funny timing for that. Um. You know, the man that raised me, uh, you know, he used to kick the shit out of me and my brother every day for drill, like for no reason. There was, I, and from like my earliest memory too, you know, I remember, yeah, about four or five, I just have these terrible memories that continued until I was 16 and left, you know, and when I was 15, my, my mom left and she took the child that she had with him. And we're like, we're moving to Florida. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I work in this neighborhood. You know what I mean? I'm stay, I'm staying. And no one wanted to stay with him. And I like, for whatever reason, this dude that had abused me every single day, I was like, we can't just leave him here. So I stayed with him. But, you know, I love my son so much, dude. I can barely keep my damn hands off of him. I can't I tell either, him bro. Probably a thousand times a day how much either. I love him. But last night or a couple nights ago, 
you know, I was just thinking back on the first memory of him really lighting me up. And, and I was in kindergarten. My son's in kindergarten right now. And like right as I was laying in bed thinking about it, he walked. He walked by and he looked in the room and smiled at me. And I, you know, I just had this moment of like, what the fuck darkness lives in you that you would hit that, that you would go punch that little kid in the face. It just, it just floored me. Like the thought of hitting him, like I knowing I wouldn't, the thought of, even being capable of, I was just like, what the fuck are you, dude? Mm -hmm. And it actually kind of helped me to be like, because I never internalized my abuse. I never was like, he's doing this because I'm a bad kid or I'm fucked up. I was just like, this motherfucker is a psychopath and I just got to (laughs) survive, you know? And, you know, it kind of just floored me. It brought me back to that thing of just like, no, he was fucked up, dude. That was not me. That's not my shit to carry. Yeah. Um, and I just, man, I, I just fucking held him so tight that night. And I just have, that's the one thing I'm really grateful for. You know, it just, I have such a beautiful framework of how not to be a parent. I'm try to be so physically, emotionally, psychologically there for my kids. When he asks me a question, I give him a hilarious answer of how I see the world, you know, some like you know, PG rated gangster philosophy (laughs) on whatever the fuck, you know? And yeah, man, I just, I love him so much. Um, but yeah, man, I do, I do have these moments and it's really just these little mirrors. Um, and it actually brings me a lot of joy because I see, I just see him growing up and I see the way he's going to grow up and he's never going to question if anybody loves him. He's never going to question if his dad loves him or is there for him or, you know, really, I think that was it for me growing up, man. I just, all the way through my 20s, man, I, I really didn't believe anybody loved me. And um, I just felt like I was on my own. You know, it was like, this is what life is, bro. This is, you got to be hard. You got to be tough. And you out this motherfucker alone. So figure it out. Nobody's coming for you. Um, and yeah, I just look at my son and he's just always going to know he's, that I got him. <laughs> and his mom yeah. got him and his brothers and sisters and his aunts and uncles. He's just surrounded by so many people that love him. And it just, it fills my heart up knowing that that's how he's being raised. Yeah, man. You, and that, um, that shit ends with me. I was going to say, that story, I was just about to say it. I was like, you broke the fucking generational trauma pattern. My ex-wife. Cause my I, dad's dad fucked him up, yep. you know? So he was just doing what he knew. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, man, that I hold a lot of power. There's a lot of power in that. I mean, like, no, man, I'm not going to fuck my kid up. He's not going to have a childhood he has to recover from. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? It ends like, yeah, you can tell me that I didn't give you an iPad. You can tell me that you're so pissed yep. so we didn't take the vacation. Yep. I was like, but you're not doing 22 years of plant medicine and ayahuasca and psychology and therapy to, like, get to this point. We're just going to go to, like, oh, my dad's so mad he didn't take me to Disney. Done. Done. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. We'll deal with the normal ones. I'll take those. Yeah, man, I um, I'm I'm humbled that you came on the show today and shared all this, brother. Like, I'm touched, man. Like, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, bro. Yeah, man, it um, it matters a lot, and so do your words, and so do you showing up for so many years. Because I can't say that I would be here or many other people if you didn't live by what you said on the show today, and like 
from the outside in, it's so apparent and so obvious. And I just have like the level of respect that I have for you is, is deeper than I could have ever imagined. And I genuinely appreciate all of the wisdom, all of the words, the art, the story, the, the fucking putting it out, man. And like living heart open because you've been an example for many of us, whether you recognize it or not. And now I can understand why I resonate so much with you. Yeah. Thank you so much, bro. That means a lot. Yeah, um, and likewise, man, what you're doing is important. You know, what you're doing is important. And, you know, I just, yeah, don't underestimate what one person can do. It's like, to me, that's what's so beautiful about this work mm-hmm. is I touch you and, and make you want to do better. And then you touch someone else, makes them want to do better. You know, that ripple fucking, I live for that. Bro, that's, that's the game. Here. That's why we're here. That's yeah, the that's game. why we're here. We're both in Montana right now, just sending energy out, even though we're separate. But man, that is that is the game. It's energy. It's frequency. It's love. Like it's you choose what you put out, and it gives back what you put out. And so that moment with your son, and the moments that we have, it's like in every moment you can choose. You get to choose 100%. the perspective, and you get to choose the input that creates something different in your future. But if you're staring at the stars and you're hungry. I think it's time to go somewhere else and put an input in because your voice matters if you're listening to this. Your message matters. That thought you have, that thing that you didn't say to your friend, the thing that's on your heart, they got to get out. You got to give them a chance to breathe. You got to give them a chance to live. And, and, And with what Drew's talked about, I said this a long time ago, I was really resistant to writing. Um, I felt stupid my whole life and I secretly love music, except I can't carry a tune. I hired a vocal coach. She's like, you know what? Let's stick here. I did drums and a blank. And then I realized like Mm. speaking and making content is my music. 100%. And it's this like really, really crazy thing. But it was like learning how to trust myself because the medium doesn't matter. It's it's, it's your expression. It's feeling in alignment and it's feeling good. And like, it feels like rocket fuel, but I feel like for me, the only way I love myself is when I honor the things that are inside of me and I share them with the world, right? Like there's a reason. Yeah, that's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do. Well, you do it so eloquently, my friend. So um, with that, I don't like, I know you so well. I'm like, you have a tour coming up in April. You're popping on Instagram and sharing these writings every day. I love absolutely all of it. But is there anything that like you would love people? My peeps are going to come hit you up on Instagram anyways. So for everybody here, uh, his Instagram is at Satsang. Um, and I would highly recommend. Plus in the show notes, I'm going to link uh, to all my favorite songs and albums and all those different pieces. So you guys can kind of tune into the world. But uh, Drew, I haven't asked anybody this question in a while, but I'm really, really excited to ask you. It's just one simple, easy one. And uh, you remember Men in Black when they have that like fucking yep. flashy thing? Cool. Just imagine everybody listening just got flashied and you can tattoo any wisdom you'd like on their soul for them to take with them forever. What would your tattoo wisdom be? Ooh, man. Uh, you're going to die <laughs> till then. What? Um, and that it's just, it's never too late, man. Never. And 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 like I said earlier, you know, to me, there's such a big thing of this, like, life is hard. Death happens, chaos. Um, and we don't feel like we're going to pull through. It's so simple. It's like, yeah, or what? Yeah, those are your only two choices. You unplug the game or keep going. Um, and, and don't underestimate incremental progress, man. Even if you do one thing today that's going to make you a tiny bit better. 
you read two pages of a book, you journal five sentences, you know, you sit with yourself and get to know yourself for 10 minutes. It's like, don't underestimate that shit. You know, five sentences becomes 10 pages over time. You know, two bars become 32 and a song to a producer in an hour. And they're like, what though? Exactly. That's exactly right. You're like levels, bro. Put in the reps, capacity goes up and the game gets easier. And that's it. Yeah. And discipline, man. Like that's just it. That's just it. You know, discipline just becomes lifestyle if you stick with it. Facts. Discipline becomes lifestyle if you stick with it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, everybody. I could do this with Drew all day selfishly, but it probably wouldn't benefit you. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this plane so we can get back to life in Montana because I'm going to rush home to my seven-year-old who I overly cuddle codependently. And he's like, Dad, I need to go to sleep. I'm like, <laughs> literally last night in bed, he's like, Dad, I need to go to sleep. I'm like, I was gone for three days. You can stay awake for 20 minutes. And he's like, Dad, it's yeah. 10 p.m. And I was like, I'm getting you up in the morning. You sleep in. He's like, he's like negotiating with me. Yeah, like, yeah, uh-uh, yeah. Come here. I come here because I'm like, he's seven. Like I'm, I'm going to get and every day. You'll appreciate this. I'm like, Hey, is it okay if I hold you like this when you're 18? He's like, of course, dad, I've said it every day since he was born. And I'm like, no, no, no. I will have him graduating high school, literally wrapped up on my legs. And he's no, probably I still have him, bro. We got a, we got a 20 year old that if me and him are in the same room, like one of our heads is on the other one's shoulder. Yep. That's my dog. So yep. it, yeah, it, it's daughter, real. <laughs> our daughter's 19, bro. It's real. I'm like, give me every ounce of that lovey, good knee, like give it to me. It's rocket fuel. So for everybody listening, um, I'm going to make some quick recommendations. So number one, I'm sure you can tell from listening to this, there's uh, there's two ways that you can, you can look at this incredible man in front of us and you can look at him as the musician, you can look at him as the man. And I'd always recommend looking at him as the man and listen to the words, listen to the lyrics and take some time, take some time for you. And I will personally tell you that my two favorite songs that saved my life are I Am, The Story of You, and then I love Remember Jaw too. I fucking love that one. That vibe of that thing just hits my soul. Um, But like anything, I would love it today for you guys listening. If anything resonated, if anything landed, send him love, send him his way, hit him on Instagram, share it. We all love this. Go take this ripple and give it to somebody else. Go pass this knowledge on. Go share it. But most importantly, remember that relationships will always be diagrams, especially the one with yourself. So we will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, it only works if you work it. So don't let this shit become shelf help because no one's coming to put it in but you. So grab a piece, put it in, and give yourself a chance to eat dinner. Because if you never put the ingredients in the oven, you don't get brownies. So give yourself a chance. We'll see you in the next episode. We're out. Amen. Amazing. Thank you, brother. Awesome. Thank you so much, bro.